0: All right. Thanks. Thank you to our worship team. Uh, Hey, good morning. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, because I was out this week, I didn't know whether I'd be here in person or not and wanted to get clearance from a doctor beforehand. Um, But I was so thankful that uh, another one of our pastors in our larger Hope family of churches is free and mostly because he's on maternity leave right now, paternity leave. Um, And that is Craig Okpala. Many of you may or may not know, but Craig and I, we started Hope Church NYC together back in 2012 over at Hope Astoria. And uh, it's been an extraordinary journey. He is uh, a brother, a friend, a tremendous pastor and leader, and uh, he's the lead pastor at Hope Jersey City, and um, because he's on paternity leave right now, he just had a baby. Everyone, give that up, so, yeah, to him and Kate. It. And so uh, so I was like, who is free that can maybe come and preach for us? And of course, Craig was willing and down, and, so, and I am so grateful uh, to have Craig here. So can we just welcome Craig again as he joins us to preach? Sweet. Thanks,
1: Drew. Um, It's good to be here. It's been a long time since I've been here. I used to be actually the original worship leader at this church. I know, I know. Now I'm older and have gray hair, so that's why I don't lead worship anymore. But um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, But it's so good to be here. Glad to help out. And yeah, just had a baby. It's a week and two days old. So I know it's like so beautiful, so precious. And just like getting all the snuggles in now. Before she starts running around, so just getting it all in, um, but anyway, glad to be here um, i 'm going to be talking about um, what it looks like to have a spiritual vi- vi- a vital spiritual life with God. I think in the midst of everything that 's going on in our lives in the midst of the pandemic. In the midst of the global turmoil, I think one of the things we can stick to that we can rely on is in our faith in God. And I know even for me and maybe for you with all that's happening in the news, you might feel certain kind of fear or maybe you've even distanced yourself from the news. Like we're all reacting to whatever is happening in our world. But what's important for us even now, what's important for us for our families, for our friends, for our neighborhood, neighborhoods, is to have this spiritual vitality, a spiritual life with God that actually um, determines how we react with everything that is going on in our world. So today I'll be reading from a very well known verse, and it's from Luke 10. 38 to 42. So you can join me and read as we read together. Luke 10, 38 to 42. This is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. That's the reading from the word. Um, if you don't know this, I don't know if you... Um, I, 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 I'm from Nigeria, so my last name is um, Akpala. Oh, people, Americans would say Akpala. That's the way I tell them, Akpala, because it's easier to pronounce. But growing up in Nigeria and then moving over here to the States, one of the things that I had to get used to was showing up on time. <laughs> <laughs> There's something um, Africans have, you know, it's called African time. And we show up late to every meeting. Drew knows this because I showed up late to every meeting, staff meeting here. It's just because it's just I'm African, I can't help it. But, but it's a thing. Um, there, I, I think actually anthropologists, has, they, they've actually kind of like talked about this. And for mostly non-Western people, the way we think about time is called, uh, the, the way they call it is called, we think of it as an event, right? It's not, this, it's not linear from A to B. It's not show up on time. It's just an event. And for us, we come to the event not for the task, but for the people, right? So it means we can show up whenever we feel like because, well, it's just for the people. If you say a wedding is at 5 p.m., we show up at 7 p.m. Because it's a celebration. It's about, about being flexible. It's about just being with people. That's what it's all about. Um, so don't tell me to show up on time for any meeting because I will be late. Um, that's my excuse. I'm African. Um, but for Western, mostly Western people, they, we, we deal time, we, we think of it as a clock, right? It's linear. You have to be there at a. It goes from A to point B. you be there on time. Because for most Westerners, the most important thing is the task. We have a task, task to do. Obviously, this is overgeneralizing it. But there's a task, and that's important. If you show up, um, if, if they say show up 12 p.m., you show up 10 minutes before the time, right? Because the task is the most important thing. And I think for us, for Western people, we can be so rigid about it. And I think when interruptions come our way, we often find ourselves very frazzled because we're so used to control. We want it our way. We say it's supposed to be on this time, at this date, but when it doesn't happen, we get frazzled by it. And I feel like This reminds me a lot about Martha. Jesus is there with her, but she's frazzled by all the things she has to do because Jesus is there with her. And Jesus makes this juxtaposition between her and Mary. Mary's there to be with Jesus because she realized this is the most important thing that I need. But for Martha, it's a whole different story. It's all about the tasks and all the things that she has to do. And one of the things she does right, many people don't give credit to Martha for this. She actually calls on Jesus. Jesus, fix this. The world is not right. Fix this. She does the right thing here. She petitions Jesus to help. Get Martha to, do her, to, to clean the house. I don't know if you're married here. You probably have experienced this. If you're expecting a guest, you're, you're expecting your spouse to help clean the house. And, you know, maybe your spouse is just taking, usually a guy, his lovely time. Just like, hey, we got to do this. But I'm just, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. Martha uh, does what is right. Not by yelling at Mary, but by calling out to Jesus. She calls out to Jesus. Jesus. But here's what Jesus said to her. He said, Martha, few things are needed. Indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. What is interesting, he says, Mary has chosen what is better. In a way, that is actually quite encouraging. Because he doesn't demean her. He doesn't say, oh, you're wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. He doesn't say that says, actually, you know, Mary has chosen the better thing. And what is this better way? That's what I want to talk about today. This better way that Jesus is referring to is really just about prioritizing being with God over doing for God. And you've probably heard about about this before. The better way, the path to a spiritual vital life is being with God over doing for God. Being with God over volunteering for God. Being with God over giving financially. Being with God over attending Sunday service. Even though that's great. Right? Those are good things. Those are things we should do. But the priority is to be with God. And I want to talk about this in three movements. And I think Mary and Martha actually show us this movement. One, this, the path to a better way, this path to a better way is one, opening our lives to Christ, examining and realigning our priorities, and receiving that true, the true gift that God has for us. So we'll go over the first point, opening up our lives to Christ. Again, the text started with Jesus on the village, on the way to, uh, I think he was on his way to Jerusalem, and he stopped by this village, Bethany. And Mary, Martha, actually took the initiative to invite Jesus into her home. Before the whole thing, shenanigans happened, she invites Jesus to her home. She took the initiative to invite him to the home. Again, she could have easily, one thing, again, this is why this story is so, so interesting because a classic reading of this text is always Mary versus Martha. It's always this, you know, well, Martha, Mary's better. Martha is not. No, actually, Martha, she's, she does a lot of things right in this text. And one of the first things she does right was by inviting Jesus to her home. I don't know about you, but sometimes, this happens to me sometimes, when I'm walking down the street, if I'm tired and I'm exhausted, I see someone I know, I just pretend like I can't see them. <laughs> because I don't want to talk. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Right? You probably have done that, too. Don't, 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 don't pretend. <laughs> or if I see someone on the street, I say, you know, I'll reach out to them next week. Next week, I'll get to them. Sometimes we do that with Jesus, too. (laughs) We do that in our faith. You know, ah, next week. Actually, my life is not together right now. Next week, I'll reach out to him. When I've got all my things aligned, everything is working out, I have time next week. But Martha, what what did she do? She invited him right there. She didn't ignore him. She brought him into the home. And that reminds me of the text in Revelation 3.20 where Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is knocking at the door for everyone, every one of us right now. And the, uh, he, he's, he's asking us to invite him in, to invite him to our homes. To open up our doors so that he can come in and dine with us. So that we can actually be with him. And oftentimes, maybe out of shame, out of fear, out of guilt, we put Jesus away. Because we don't want him to know everything that's going on. We don't want him to see the crevices our hearts, the darkness that lies in our heart. And we often just ignore him. He's like, I'm standing at the door and I want to come in. I want to eat with you. I have not come to condemn you, but I've come to be with you. And Martha, Martha exemplifies this posture of openness to God, to Christ. And this posture really is a beautiful Beautiful posture of openness to the divine work of God is us, by opening our life to God, we're allowing God to come in to do his work in us. To pour his grace to us. And Martha does what is right. But things for Martha start to go downhill. As Luke writes for us in verse 40, she invites Jesus in, but she became distracted. She was distracted by all the things she had to do to make the place look pretty for Jesus. She was distracted by all the preparations, all the things she was doing, all the busyness. And this only led to anxiety, to stress, to her being overwhelmed. This is so crazy. It's important to consider. Jesus is right there. Jesus is present with her. And she completely misses the point of why Jesus is there. Why? Because she's, in, she's, she's busy. She got things to do. And I think this is true for us as well, where we live in a society where we're inundated with things to do, things to watch. Um, I was thinking about this as <laughs> uh, you watch Netflix, as we all do. We all watch Netflix. I watch Netflix a lot. Um, <laughs> it's kind of nice. Um, but there's just so many shows to watch. Right? Just so many and just and I cannot decide on what to watch because it's just way too much. I have a list of shows that I want to watch. And even that list is too much for me to keep up with. And I most of the time don't even watch them. And you know, so it's like you think about that, our even our entertainment (laughs) even our entertainment we have to-do lists for. So I can't even imagine for our work life. For our family life. We have things, so much to do. And it's no wonder it can lead to anxiety, can lead to stress. And I think it's important for us as I go to my next point, that as we find ourselves living, just going through the journey of life, that yes, we open our lives to Christ, we open our homes to Christ, but then we must consistently examine and realign our priorities because they get all mixed up. Because of all, again, all the things we have to do, it gets, inevitably, gets mixed up. So we examine and we realign our priorities. Even for myself, I realize this, as a pastor, every pastor can attest to this. I can find myself busy with God work, but yet I'm not close to God at all. I can find myself preparing for a prayer meeting but I'm not even living a life with God. That's isn't that weird? I mean just even me saying that to you is just like, oh my god, that's just awful. But if this is true for a pastor who's living the, you know, professional spiritual life. Imagine for every one of us. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Yes, Drew is holy, (laughs) holier than thou. (laughs) Um, But I think uh, what's his name, Justin Early, in his book um, *The Common Rule*, he talks about this. Talks about how America and our and our word and our society, there's a rule, there's a habit, there's things there's things that we're used to that we inevitably just follow. And this is what he says about it. He's like, when we ignore the ways habits shape us, we assimilate to a hidden rule of life, the American rule of life, the rigorous programs of habits that forms us in all the anxiety, depression, consumerism, injustice, and vanity that are so typical in the contemporary American life. Right? The American rule of life is to have... Whole lot of things to do, a whole lot of busyness, a whole lot of things that inevitably move us away from God. And it's important that we examine this and we realign our priorities. And I think even Martha, again, she does this well for us. Because in her frustration, in her anxiety, what does she do? She goes to Jesus. She goes. The Lord. She brings her frustrations and concerns before Jesus. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She does this well. Again, she could have easily yelled at Mary. She could have easily yelled at her spouse. (laughs) She could have easily yelled at the kids, which we are so often. We so often do when we get frustrated, when we get anxious. We yell, we, we, we look for someone to take out that energy on. When we find ourselves anxious and frustrated, what do we often do? We find ourselves lashing out. Or well, sometimes we find ourselves escaping, right? The fight or flight. Escaping with entertainment, escaping with substances. Or sometimes we're just paralyzed by it all, by all the anxiety and all the stress. We find ourselves just unable to do anything. This is one of the things that I, even myself throughout this pandemic, I found myself um, at as well. I was paralyzed, depressed, depressed angry all kinds of emotions <laughs> that you probably may have felt as well. I'm like Lord what you 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 call me to start a church and now there's a pandemic it sounds very elementary but that's how I felt you know like what how am I supposed to lead a church when everyone is gone? <laughs> the whole city is gone. How can I lead a church? And this is my friends this is where I want to Kind of invite us to and remind us that we have the permission to come before Jesus with our frustrations. We have the permission to come before the Lord with our concerns, even with our anger. He's not wanting your saintliness or your well curated prayers. You can be angry and come before God and say, oh Lord, thank you so much. You are so good and grateful. Thank you. I am so thankful. No, you're not thankful. You're angry. <laughs> come with your emotions. The Lord gives you the permission to come before him with who you are. Not your Insta- Instagrammable self, not your well curated put-together self. Come as you are before him. The Lord is able to take it. Think about Jesus before he went on the cross. You know what he, he said? Lord, please take this away. <laughs> this is Jesus saying, I don't want to go through this. Please. If the Lord can do that, we ourselves can do that. We can come before God. And you know when we do that? When we bring... Our true humanity, our sadness, our anger, our joys, our pain, our anguish, when we do that, it reminds me of what David said in Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Know everything about me. Everything. Know. And see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's the point. For God to lead us in the way. When we bring out true humanity, we're allowing God to lead us in the way everlasting. When, um, I think when Omicron hit, I was so, when I tell you how livid I was, I was so angry. I took a walk because um, I didn't want to yell at my spouse. <laughs> I'm like, Caitlin. So I took a walk and I, I honestly screamed, God, why in the world are you doing this to us? Why? Just angry and livid. And I brought those all of my anxiety, all of my anxious, all of my anger, I brought it before the Lord, knowing that He's able to take it, knowing that He is God and He loves me. I'm His child. You're His children. You're His beloved. And He wants to lead you in the better better way. When Martha did that, when Martha came with her frustration, this is exactly what Jesus did. He called her out. It's like, hey, you're anxious. I see it. But even the way he said it, Martha, Martha. To me, that's like my favorite part in that whole text. Just that, Martha, Martha. Martha. He sees her. He knows her. You're worried about many things. But actually, let me lead you in the better way. This is what Jesus does for us. He calls you by your name. He cares for you. And he wants to lead you to the better way. To the way of everlasting And when we do this, when we bring, friends, when we bring all of our concerns and frustrations before God, he leads us in a better way. And this leads to my, my last point, which is this. Then we can receive the, the true gift. You know, it was interesting because Martha invites Jesus to her house to serve him, right? That's why she's doing all those things, all the preparations, all the things that led to her anxiety. She's doing this to serve him. But Jesus flips the script on her. It's like, no, I'm actually here to serve you. And that's what Mary caught on. Mary realized that, oh yeah, he's here to serve me, so I'm, I'm just gonna sit at his feet, I'm just going to listen to what he has to say because he's actually here for me. And don't get me wrong, you know, like volunteering, worshiping, doing all the churchy things that we normally do, those are good things. Those are great things. But we got to realize that Christ has come to serve us. There's nothing we have to do to kind of earn it or do it for him or make God like us or be better. No, he has come to serve us. So we have the privilege of receiving Christ as the true gift of God. We have the privilege of sitting before him and allowing him to serve us. And this is essentially what he did for us, right? This is the gospel story when, when he came to give his life as a ransom for us. This is, this is the story. He came as our gift to serve us so that we now can receive the gifts that he's given us. The question for us is are we going to allow him to serve us? Or are we going to keep hiding? Or are we going to keep running? Are we going to keep ignoring? Are we going to keep putting off to another time? Are we going to keep letting all of our busyness overwhelm us and fill us with anxiety and stress and think that that's how we're supposed to live? No. The better way is to allow Jesus to serve us, is to allow Jesus to take our anxieties and our fears and our burdens and allow Jesus to receive them on our behalf. Friends, I believe that in order for us to cultivate hunger, in order for us to cultivate a spiritual, vital, uh, a, a, a vital spiritual life with God, there is a better way. And that better way is allowing Jesus to serve us, allowing Jesus to lead us in the way everlasting. This is the, you know, one of the things that I often struggle with is, I, and sometimes it's hard for me to admit it, but I often struggle with doubt, belief, like belief, faith. That's like one of my uh, what do you call it Achilles heel. Like it's just one of the things that I know that oh yeah this is just gonna be a struggle for a long time. Like and I, I just I have to I wrestle with it every day. But one of the things that make the gospel so compelling for me is that very fact that it that my faith in him is so much less of all the things that I have to do. <laughs> All the things that have to work, you know, to be a religious person. All the good, goody things, you know, like the saintliness. And this is what compels me about the gospel that Christ has come to serve me. His death and his resurrection is so that we can actually be with God. That's why. And we're often so used to just like, I, you know, doing, right? This, this, is, this is just the normal human reality. You know, we do, we work, we get money, right? From the time you're a kid, from the time till you're grown-up, you know, you do so that you earn something. You work so that you earn something. The gospel is different. Faith in Jesus is different. And this is what compels me to this day. That I don't have to do anything. I can quit tomorrow and God will still love me. (laughs) You know that? like, He still loves me. He doesn't value you for what you bring. He just loves you because you are his beloved. So my friends, I want to invite you today, even now, to bring all of yourself to him. Your true self. Your true humanity, your joys, your pains, your anger, your bitterness. Bring it to him. And God, Christ, will lead us to that better way. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. And I'm going to just take this time to pray, to invite you to do that. So if you're here, just close your eyes and say, God, I Whatever you're experiencing now, whatever might be the impacting your your life today, bring it before him. Bring it before him. And ask him to lead you to the better way. Let's pray. It's gonna take some time just to be silent as the worship team plays behind. And as you're seated, prayer on your own. And bring that thing that's on your mind before him. Your kids, your job, your future, whatever it might be, just bring it before him. Just take this time.